Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome you to another episode of Are You Really Living? Our special guest today is Darlene Jean. She is the definition of Are You Really Living? Uh, welcome to the show, Darlene. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You were part of what they call the dual enrollment program, where you were taking college courses and high school courses at the same time. How was that program and what was it called? It was called School for Advanced Studies. It was definitely intense. It was a lot. It's not for everybody. I think it was something that helped to propel me into the career and the area that I am now professionally. And what were the requirements for you to be part of that program? I needed to have, I believe, a 3.0 GPA. I think that's pretty much it. Just a 3.0 GPA and just be willing to engage in both college-level courses, literally sit in college courses um, while simultaneously trying to finish my high school degree. And what school or what what's high school were you in and where did you go for those college courses? Um, I was in prior to SAS. I mean, well, while being in SAS or prior. Well, SAS is the high school. So the high school was located on the college campus. Prior to me going into SAS, I was a part of the William H. Turner Technical High School. Um, for about two years, and then I transitioned into the SAS school. And what, what was the, I mean, you did mention the 3.0 GPA, but what else, did your parents have to sign off on it, or how were you able to be part or be selected for the program? Uh, my parents did not have to sign off. Um, honestly, it was something that I was introduced to by my older sister. And um, she introduced me to the school because I think that was something that she wanted to do, but she never got a chance to do. So she told me about it. Um, and then I started looking into it and I was like, oh, what a great idea to do it. But I had to work on bringing up my GPA because at that point, I was less than average. Yeah, I was less than average, but I really had to work hard to bring it up in a timely fashion because applications were going in uh, within like two, three months. And I had to make sure that I brought my grade up to that 3.0. So I really, I was working, it really did force me to set my cookies up, essentially. While you were part of that program, did you have to face any challenges in terms of your schoolwork and your personal life? Absolutely. I had to face the struggle of balancing both college level courses and and high school level courses. And mind you, the high school courses were not like, oh, math, science. They weren't like simple classes. They were AP level everything. So not only was I taking college level courses sitting next to college students at Miami-Dade um, College, I was also sitting in my own classroom on a college campus with other students who were just trying to, you know, find themselves and grow into their personality. So I had to figure out how to have a social life in that environment. As you can imagine, there's a lot of smart kids there. So I had to fight against the grain still. And now I have to compete with other scholars who are, who I felt at the time were way above what I had to offer. It was definitely a challenging environment in all areas. Um, socially, it was challenging. Um, educationally, it was a challenge. Um, emotionally, it was just a lot for a 16, 17-year-old to be going through. I wouldn't change it for the world because it definitely 
form the person or the character personality that I have right now. So what advice would you give other students that are considering to be part of this program listening right now? I would say if it's something that you're willing to do, just be ready to possibly reduce social activity. So you're not going to that school to become popular. You're not going to that school for worldly things, basically, to become popular, to have a good time, to enjoy your senior year. You're not going to that school for that. You're going to that school to move forward, advance a little bit further than other peers your age are probably doing. You're trying to work on finishing school faster and doing stuff like that. So you probably will miss out on a couple of things. I tried my best to stay as social and socially active as possible. So I would say that it's possible. And I was able to participate in my homeschool prom. So I still had a social life. I still was able to do a lot of different things. It's just you have to be willing to take a cut in certain areas when it comes to going to that school. But I would what, say do it. You will say go ahead and do it. It's worth it, correct? Uh, yeah. And correct. how old were you when you graduated with your college degree? At the same time, you, I mean, I guess 18, correct? So at 18, you had your high school diploma and your college degree, associate degree? Uh, no, at 17 years old. I had wow. both a high school um, degree and uh, the AA associate. That is amazing. That is very, very, this is why you're hearing this because you are the definition, like I said, of are you really living? You were 17 and you had your high school diploma and you had your associate degree at the same time when 17 when most people are trying to finish high school you were ahead of multiple multiple people at that time at that age and that is good congrats congrats uh you mentioned prom one other thing that i know about you is that you were your parents are haitian you're a first generation haitian at any point did you feel disconnected with your Haitian heritage? I did not realize that I was until I went to FIU. So I was disconnected, but I didn't realize it until I was in a setting where I was forced to be Haitian, right? I had to speak the language. I had to understand um, what was happening. I had to understand cultural innuendos. I had to understand little things about the Haitian culture that I feel like I knew about, but I wasn't immersed in it. I was raised in a Haitian household, so that sounds crazy for me to say, but I didn't have the opportunity, I would say, to really learn about the culture um, because I was just learning some superficial some superficial stuff in my household while growing up. Like I, I knew how to speak Creole to a certain degree. I knew certain expectations they had of me in my Haitian household. But as far as the history of Haiti and, you know, the culture, why things are done the way that they do, the roots of Haiti, basically, I didn't learn that until I went to FIU. Okay. Do you want to share some of the things that you learned with us? Yeah, sure. So I got a chance to join HSO um, at FIU. I got to learn how to speak Creole a lot more frequently, um, how to write Creole, Haitian Creole as well. I got to learn the the whole story of the independence of Haiti and, and the significance of it and the reason why we eat soup jumu. I had no idea. That's sad. But I had no idea until I joined HSO. And, and I learned all of these things through HSO. Great organization. What about your compass skills? 
Oh yes. Oh, oh yo, I forgot about that. Okay. I, I learned how to dance. I learned how to dance sofa through HSO as well. I did not know how to dance sofa. I know how to dance, but I didn't know how to dance sofa until I joined the Haitian organization. And I, you know, I got my little quick two steps. I got to watch people dance. And then I, I got to learn it myself. Were you because I, I I'm aware that uh, those organizations, they sometimes have conferences. Were you able to attend any of those conferences? Do you want to tell us about them? Yes, absolutely. I got to join. I I got a chance to go to Washington, D.C. I think we went to New Orleans. I'm not sure. But let's talk about the Washington, D.C. one. Okay. Oh, we went to Washington, D.C. Uh, it was cold as heck, but we got a chance to watch. <laughs> we got to watch different performances there were a lot of great speakers um in the different conferences that we had the Haitian organization so there was a lot of different speakers that got a chance to speak and share their knowledge share their wealth share share how they got to be where they got to be most importantly I got a chance to to bond with the people who I was traveling with those individuals who were part of HSO who you know, had different personalities, but we were able to kind of learn each other. I got to, that's where I really got to practice my Creole because everybody around me was speaking Haitian Creole and I, I had to get with the program or just sit there quietly and everybody was having a good time. So if I didn't learn it quickly, then I don't know what, but, but I had to learn quickly. I had to catch on. We were catching flights together. We were having parties in each other's hotel rooms, we were having a good time, essentially. I had to learn how to adapt to the culture and what was I what I was being taught in those different conferences. And I had I really had a good time at those conferences. Learned a lot. That was after uh, high school, correct? In other words, after you already had your associates, yes. after 17, that's when you attended FI. You were attending FIU and you were able yes. to go to those conferences, correct? Oh, correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of the state of education right now, especially in the state of Florida, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think we definitely need some work. Um, we need some work. I got a chance to be a teacher for a very brief period of time. But in that time, even though I was teaching the little babies, I got a chance to be a part of the school. So I got a chance to hear and see how the educational system was being run. Granted, it was a private school, but I would hear stories about public schools as well and and got a chance to do like therapy sessions to students in the public school and I would see how it's being organized. I just think it needs some work in Florida. We do need some, we need to revamp our educational system. I just feel like the island culture and how they teach these kids is much, much better granted it's led within uh what's it called a steel rod like there's no room for mistake in those schools at the end of the day the kids come here come they relocate to florida and they're more educated they're 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 more advanced there's a lot of things that they know whereas here the kids are a little behind they struggle a little bit more and i just think we need some work there's always room for improvement now if a parent is listening to you right now and they're thinking about having their kids joining the uh, dual enrollment program or a student is listening to you, can they reach out to you and to navigate that? Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. I can definitely point them in the right direction and give them some pointers to students who might be interested. Give them some pointers as to what to expect and how to cope mentally um, in dealing with that. Okay, not a problem. Uh, well, I guess towards the end, you could definitely share your contact or your social media handles so people can reach out to you. Sure. I do know you were raised in the church. Correct. You're a Christian woman. The next topic we're going to be talking about is, is it challenging to date currently? Yes, I would definitely say it is. First of all, it's, let's, let's just say that it's hard to date in general, not just as a Christian woman, but it's hard to date in general right now because I feel like we are living in a microwave society. Things are a little more available. If you catch my drift, then it used to be back in the day. So it's it's hard to capture someone's attention and and continue to, you know, build with someone who may be still in that microwave era where they're not ready to kind of invest, do the work that needs to be done, you know, and just work with another person. Some people are just not ready for that. And I feel like as a Christian woman, it just adds another layer because there's certain things um, that I'm just not willing to negotiate as a Christian woman that society says is fine, that it's okay to do. And it's fine. Let's just go ahead and flex this and move forward with that. I'm a slow cooker. I'm not a microwave. Okay. Now you mentioned that it is easier to find someone. Is that what, what you said earlier? It's no, not harder. It's hard. it's harder. No, like in terms of meaning, meaning people, because now you have social media, you have dating apps. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, it's easy to find people. So the it's question I sorry, go ahead. The question I have is if it's easier to find someone because you have social media dating apps there's so many means to meet someone and talk to someone why is it harder to narrow it down um is it because this, the availability availability is more is that why or you know they do say there's a lot more fish in the sea <laughs> in terms of women there's a lot more women on this earth than there are men <laughs> but i'm making a little joke okay <laughs> okay but I think it's a challenge because, like I mentioned before, I think this is a microwave society. Um, people do want to jump into a physical, intimate relationship without taking the time to know someone, create a foundation, which is something that I've been raised with, not jumping into physical intimacy, taking your time to get to know someone, talking through, you know, that person and, and talking with that person so that you can get to know who they are as a, a person before you open up that door. That's what I was raised with. So I feel like the society that I live in doesn't tolerate stuff like that. They want to jump right into a physical intimacy to see if this is where they want to be. And it doesn't always work like that. In fact, it is, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. So I think that that's the reason why it's, it's a bit challenging. And also some people are, like I mentioned, are not ready to invest in something serious, especially at my age, because of the fact that people my age are still exploring who they are. And I get that. You're still learning who you are. You're still trying to figure out how you fit in this world, especially men my age. Women mature sooner than men. So I feel like men my age are still kind of exploring themselves and they're still trying to figure out what's for them, what's not for them. They're, tr they're still trying to have a good time in these streets. It's just not for me. 
So anybody who I meet who is not on that same wavelength and path, I, I have to let them go. I have to, I have to say bye bye because if we're not on the same page, then we can't move forward. What are, is why what are, I date older. But go ahead, go ahead. What are what what can you explain the the idea of equally yoke? Can you explain that to our listeners? What is that? The terminology. Yes. So an example that I've gotten from one of the pastors that I follow was, it's not an example, but it's to explain what the yoke mean. A yoke is essentially when two oxen are, they have a yoke that is placed over their head and it pairs them so that they can walk together. If one oxen is too light or too heavy, if they're not on the same wavelength or they're not on the same, they're not the same size, then you risk the, the the possibility of one of the oxens getting hurt, the load falling, something like that happening, um, as opposed to if both of them are the same size, they're able to carry the same uh, load, they're able to do the same thing because the yoke on them is, is there, but they are both the same size, they're able to carry it, then they are good to go. So essentially, to apply that to real life means we have to be on the same page. That can mean spiritually, that can mean emotionally, that can mean physically, that can mean everything. But spiritually speaking, I believe that someone who is equally yoked believes in the same principles that you believe in. So me as a Christian trying to date someone who is not of the same faith can come, come with a lot of challenges, right? I won't be able to praise and worship with you. You won't be able to lead my household. You won't be able to produce certain principles that I've been raised with and that I'm comfortable with because we're not equally yoked. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, that makes sense. But what if this is a, a tough one? What if you, wh- where does the love come into place? Based on what you explained to me, uh, I haven't really heard the word love from you. It's basically the spiritual connection first then the love will come into play or is it all in all all in one it's all in one i'm talking about one aspect of the relationship but there are so many aspects in a relationship to consider spiritual aspect is definitely something that is important and this is all included in the foundation that i was talking about okay in a foundation you have to be able to emotionally connect with someone spiritually connect with someone you have to be able to build on something solid with each other and spiritual is just one con- one aspect of that, that you have to be able to be on the same page on. Otherwise, it's going to be hard for you guys to do life together. Trust me, I I have been dating for a while now, and it's there's a couple of things that have come across my way or experiences that have come across my way where me and the other person were not spiritually on the same page and I wasn't able to move forward with it because I would try to picture myself in the future with the person and I just couldn't I I couldn't imagine myself in the future with the person because we were just spiritually not on the same page I was serving my God and the person would be serving you know their preference their God it just wasn't something that I could move forward with okay did you say I love you to that person I did not because like I mentioned before, we weren't able to move forward. How are we supposed to move forward if we're not on the same page spiritually? I'm telling you, it's a big thing for me. Okay. 
All right. Now, um, what are some qualities you're looking for in your potential spouse? Uh, once that equally yoke is found, what else? I would say someone who is considerate. So con- what's the word? Um, someone who is considerate and someone who is mindful. Someone who, yeah, those are two things that I feel like is so rare in my generation that I've grown to crave it. When someone is considerate of me, when someone is mindful of the things that I say, like they heard me say something today and then two weeks down the line, it magically appears on my plate. I'm like, wow, you thought of me. I talked about this two weeks ago and you thought of me. I really do appreciate that. I I honor someone who is able to be mindful. Consistency is also a big thing because like I mentioned, this is a microwave society and I am a slow cooker, right? So me, uh, if someone is able to consistently show their character from day one to day 30, you see, I didn't even say day, day 365. I'm just talking about 30 days because nowadays someone will start with a, a personality trait today, two days on the line, they've been already switched up. They're no longer sending you text messages like they used to. They're no longer calling you like they used to. They're no longer checking in on you like they used to. And again, everyone has different situations going on. So I get it. People can't be like they are. But I feel like if you're truly trying to invest and commit to something, you're going to be consistent, period. And we just don't have that in today's society. So consistency, considerate um, behavior, and just being mindful of someone else. Okay. What are your thoughts on premarital sex? and cohabitation okay so for me premarital sex well for christian in general premarital sex is something that is not encouraged premarital sex is not something that is encouraged as a christian and i i think that is something to consider it to consider because of a the sti rate is extremely high everywhere and b you do not want to lay with someone who you possibly can have a kid with and then end up having to be stuck with that person and, and not and risk the possibility of not having, um, you know, a household in which you guys can kind of raise the kids together and stuff like that. Um, and not everyone you lay with is, is someone that premarital sex was um, spoken against um, in the Bible just because there's so many risks with having premarital sex. Right. The idea, at least that the Bible preaches, is that you lie with one person with the intention of being with that one person. And then if you are able to have a household with that person, you don't. There is a the constitution of marriage that protects you and your household is blessed and all of that, that good stuff. You deviating from that can open the doors to many things that don't need to be out here in this world. What was your second question? I'm sorry. And cohabitation. And cohabitation. For me, I don't think cohabitation, I think cohabitation can occur, but closer to you um, settling down with that person. Let's say I'm getting married with someone. Let's say I'm getting married with someone in July and we've purchased a house for May or June. 
I, I think it's fine for me to cohabitate with someone, you know, closer to that time period. You know, you settle in the house, you fix the house up together, so on and so forth. But I don't think, you know, long-term cohabitation is something for me. It's not something for me as a Christian woman. Um, do you set in the beginning of the year, do you say to yourself, okay, this year I will be traveling to four places or you just go at it spontaneously you find a trip and you pack and go. How do you go about it? That's correct. Um, I find a trip and I pack up and go. <laughs> I really don't be planning my trips like years in advance. It literally just be me and a friend says, hey, let's go to NOLA. Hey, let's do North Carolina. Hey, let's do, you know, let's do something. And then we'll plan for, oh, hey, I want to do a trip for my birthday. Okay, cool. You know, like if I have the funds and I have the means, nothing to do during that time, nothing planned during that time, I'm going, I'm going to catch a flight. Um, just because I, I feel like, you know, I'm young and I feel like this is the, the age for me to travel because from my, from Moon, I'm going to have a lot more limitations, right? I'm not going to be able to just pick up and go like I do right now. At the moment, I'm not married. I ain't got no kids. So I can pick up and go and I have that privilege. So I want to take full advantage of it as much as I possibly can. So if somebody tell me, let's catch a flight, they're like the fair. Don't plan it, but they're like the fair if I got the means to do so. You said friends invite you on trips and you go. I'm still waiting on you to invite me to go to St. Croix because I I heard that you enjoy yourself at St. Croix. So I'm waiting for that invitation. Didn't you go to St. Croix? No, I haven't. Oh, all right. Let's catch a flight, bro. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this like, What I will say, what I will say about St. Croix though, it's it's no like nightlife. Like if you want to go and have a good time and party, it's it's not possible because they don't really party over there. It's a quiet island. You just relax. It's it's more for relaxation. If you want to get away from the city life and you just want to unwind, you can. St. Croix is the place for you. If you want to party to three, four o'clock in the morning. There's no partying over there. That's exactly why I need St. Croix. <laughs> In reference to, I do see pictures that you did go skydiving. So kudos to you. This is dope of you. I think uh, you should tell people about your experience skydiving. How was that? I was scared. Sugar, honey, ice tea, list. Okay. I was definitely terrified. But I was able to have a good time. It lasted six minutes. The man on my back, because it was literally a man on your back attached to your back, um, had to push you out. So I I felt like in that moment when I jumped, I didn't, I was more terrified than anything else. And then he started guiding, like he was screaming directions and instructions in my ear. And I could, I was not listening because I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I don't know what this man is talking about. But it was literally six minutes. It felt like forever literally six minutes, jumped out halfway down the, the ride. That's when I was kind of coming to and kind of speaking to speaking to him, looking around me, enjoying the scenery. But it was too late. I was already three minutes down. And before I realized it, I landed on my behind on the floor. So it was definitely a ride. Is it an, ex an experience that you will tell others to experience or you'll tell people, you know, stay away from? I will definitely tell people who won't got kids to do it. Um, I would, The reason why I said if you ain't got no kids, do it is because 
I just feel like it's a dangerous thing. It could be very dangerous. You know, you could. I could have lost my life. Did you? But I did not. By the grace of God, I didn't lose my life. But I just feel like everyone should do it once. You know, everyone should do it once. Have the experience. We have on this sun, and it'd be that set. You know, like just jump at least it- once. I would never do it again, though. Okay. In reference to the new law, uh, Governor DeSantis signed into and the new bill he signed into law about Florida, you don't need a permit to have a concealed weapon. Uh, what are your thoughts about it and what are you doing about it? Oh, Lord. My thoughts are, are my thoughts about it are people were already trigger happy and I just feel like this is going to just increase danger for our communities, more specifically our Black communities. What I'm doing about it is staying informed and, and making sure that I know the law as it pertains that and watching it so that I can act on it and that's all I'm going to say about it I think someone should challenge that law okay. that's all I'm going to say if for listeners right now if they want to reach out to you how can they do so Instagram handle I just got back on Instagram so my Instagram handle is t-i-d-a underscore 94 underscore all right so uh any of the listeners if you want to reach out in terms of finding out more information when it comes to the uh, dual program, SAS, or any other questions you may have for our guests today. Uh, that is her That is her Instagram handle. With that, I said thank you, uh, Ms. Dylan, for stopping by the podcast today. To the listeners, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Thank you very much, Ms. Darlin. Thank you for having me. Don't Take forget care. to celebrate me. For Don't Mental for... Health Awareness Month. Okay. All right, listeners. You heard it here. Celebrate May.